Welcome to Daring Two, a podcast that finds out how CEOs and entrepreneurs navigate today's business world, the conventions they're breaking, the challenges they've faced, and the decisions that they've made. And lastly, just what makes them different. Well, good afternoon and welcome. If you're or morning or evening, wherever it may be that you're listening and whatever time of the world that you're in. Uh, we are a global podcast, which is so exciting. And actually, my guest today um, is, is in Paris. I'm in the UK and this has been recorded in the US. So if we ever wanted to know about global <laughs> hybrid working, I guess this is it in action. I'm really pleased, actually, very excited because we've got not only an amazing woman on our podcast today, Eliana uh, Legacy, um, who is the CEO and co-founder of Whitco. So kudos to you. Um, and also, you're a woman founder of a tech company. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but they're few and far between and there needs to be more of them. So I think your story today is going to be um, really exciting. You are the the co-founder of a company called Whitco, it's a, it, which is a, an app. It's a smart building app, as I understand it, that makes commercial and residential buildings more serviceable, more collaborative and flexible and enhances the experience for everybody in it. We're going to talk a little bit about that, um, particularly because in this environment today, post-COVID, hybrid working and everything, it's probably a really relevant um, product app service to be talking about. Um, but there are three yeah. things that we really want to focus on today. Um, your journey into the entrepreneurial tech space, the challenges of the work environment today and what that brings to organisations and why um, you're so passionate about it, if you write a lot about it, and um, clearly your product is all about that. Um, and then lastly, a little bit about you as a leader, because you've come a long way. So here you are, somebody that studied law and business, like worked for this amazing, really well-known brand, Rothschild and Company, and um, Worked on mergers and acquisitions. That's not easy. You know, that's a tough job, but it's a big, you know, global brand, global career. And then suddenly one day you wake up and you go, you know what? I think I'm going to go start my own business. Now, that's a pretty bold decision to step out for anybody. For a woman entrepreneur, it's three times as hard. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey into the entrepreneurial world? How easy a decision was it for you? Um, yeah, sure. Happy to. Uh, so I think you summarized as well. You summarized it well. So uh, yes, I did law and then uh, investment banking. Um, I wanted to be um, always challenged and um, to always challenge myself to higher standards. So I spent three years uh, investment banking and then every three years you are promoted. So I got promoted and I thought, okay, um, the, the longer you stay, the harder it is to, le to leave this, this kind of environment because, you know, you are well paid. And everything is done for you to stay. Um, on my part, I thought, okay, I'm still under 30 years old and I don't have like any children and any other family to support heavily. So it's my shot to just try. And, uh, and you know, I believed that something were to be done in the uh, future of work environment at the time. So I tried, maybe I was a bit, a bit naive, <laughs> but I didn't see it as like a mountain, you know, I, I just thought it like, okay, um, something needs to be, to be done. And I think um, uh, the, the, the product I uh, imagine uh, would like to, uh, the, the, like the bigger part of, the, of people, not just me. Um, and then, uh, you know, one step at a time, I figured uh, like a product that could that would actually work and that people would buy because it's not just something that um, you imagine. It's also also something that you need to have people to buy for. 
So that's uh, how it happened. So I think to be quite honest, I didn't uh, imagine it could it would be that hard. And I just thought, okay, this is a challenge. Let's go step by step. Well, and, and, you know, it's interesting that you were probably ahead of your time, if you think about it, really, when you first thought about WIPCO, because, you know, we weren't in the midst, really. We were kind of in the midst of hybrid working. There was lots of discussion about should people work from home or not work from home. The whole idea about workplace well-being and like individuals spending a lot of their time at work. You and I both know in the corporate world, we've spent hours in the office. It is really where most people you know they're working life it takes up a lot of your hours um but you were kind of ahead the curve really because you know the challenges today are are 10 times more than they were when you probably thought about the idea um people are demanding more individuals want a different kind of experience you know this whole desire for personalization is hitting everything technology has advanced so much so what is it about WIPCO and what it offers that you think is really helping to address the challenges that a lot of leaders and organizations are right now are really struggling struggling with yeah. um, I think um, if you take it from the beginning like 2016 was not a time where it was such a struggle to uh, find talents and retain them, but it was starting to appear because uh, like especially the younger generation wanted to wanted something different and they wanted to be considered and they didn't want uh, to be like just one person inside the organization, but they wanted to have a job that matters. So I think it was the beginning of this trend. And for sure, when when COVID hit, it accelerated this trend. But it started like to me in 2015, 16, especially when we worked, they said the same thing at the time was a workplace should be an experience. So this was the beginning, but for sure, the shortage of talents and um, the shift towards some like a workplace that is more flexible and also a way of managing people change over time. And um, and I think maybe the consecration was more like during COVID for sure, because everything had to be changed so quickly. So, yes, it's accelerated, but a trend that it already existed, in, in my opinion. And for my part, I just thought, OK, you guys, like my employer, was expecting so much from me that in return, I wanted like a a software that was very easy to use. And that will also make me more efficient because I don't have time to lose to chase someone to fix the incidents, the dive bubble that doesn't work. Uh, If I forgot my badge, uh, I wanted someone like, like just, why can't I just use an app? I can't enter a building or um, no, I I can't enter like um, a train or a a plane uh, with a QR code, but I could not without my phone. I was like, uh, enter a building. So why? So I just wanted to remove all those um, uh, pains uh, that were not um, having me focused on my work. And then, uh, as you mentioned, um, COVID um, raised other concerns, meaning uh, how do I uh, manage a workplace that is not just on site and um, how do I make sure they stay engaged? So um, this app is not just only to make sure people are efficient, but also to make sure that they stay engaged because they are part of a community, they are part of a company. And the company's culture was before only made on the of the workplace, but tomorrow is yes, the workplace, but not only. You need to keep this link between the company and the employees. And this is what we are trying to do also with this app. And when they have to go to the, to the office, it's very easy to use. They know where they will uh, sit. This is also one of the you know trouble. And you say, okay, um, I don't have my desk anymore. 
but that's fine because I know that, okay, I know who is uh, on, the, on the right, on the left today. So I can book this place. I will be surrounded by people I know, or maybe this is people that don't know. That's great because this is an opportunity for me also to meet new people that I can't do at home. So this is all the thing about HR management, um, the, the HR people that need to, to, to think of how do, I, how do I reorganize the workplace and how do I make sure people in place um, are still um, uh, uh, like engaged um, and they are still happy to, 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 to be part of this culture and this company? Um, and, and we are trying to help them with this app. What's really interesting, I think, about when you talk about it, I mean, you, you bring up the HR organisation and, you know, it, it warms my heart to hear, you know, you making that connection between the role of like something that is about organisational productivity, it's about engagement, it's about experience and connecting it to the HR function because often people would go like, well, that sounds like, isn't that to do with like how you manage the building? Isn't that about how you like organise meetings and and that? But actually it doesn't sound that that's what you're trying to get at. It sounds like you're trying to get at something much deeper than that about making the workplace um, where people can be the best that they can. And I guess it's a kind of a wake-up call for HR um, I'll quote you in something that you said that really struck me, that which was around the 2022 challenges. We are now in 2022 and we are right at the start of it. The challenge now is to design a hybrid model that meets employee expectations while maintaining team cohesion and motivation. 2022 will be an exercise in empathy. I'm really curious about that. So, however, balancing the needs of your team with the bottom line. What's your call to HR? Because I don't see any of them stepping up and they surely should be in, in highlighting what you are trying to bring to the forefront, I think, with WITCO, which is like we're losing a lot of productivity and we're also losing a lot of what people are, can bring and to the experience themselves. So they bring themselves to work and do the best that they can. I mean, how do you get that message across to an organisation? Uh, I, in my opinion, and especially today, HR um, managers uh, understood that uh, things need to change the way they, like uh, people are managed and the way uh, the company culture is spread. So um, I think it is a matter more of how are we going to uh, organize ourselves because everything has changed so quickly that for sure um, we are experiencing a phase where they are a bit of struggling. You know, at the beginning, they were th thinking maybe, oh, it's just the beginning of COVID. In six months, we will, it will be over with it. And now they're realizing even when COVID will be over, um, things won't go back to normal for most of the companies if they want to hire and retain talents. So it's a big shift. And, and I need to admit also that uh, most of the time, the, the, the clients that we are having, or even the prospects we are talking to, um, they are really... Um, listening to what is going on in the market and what can be done in this aspect. Um, and again, it's a, as you said and, um, and, and mentioned, it is a balance between um, having people productive. Um, so it's not just to, set, to stay home, to relax and, uh, you know, to not be as productive, but it's also a way of, okay, I trust them and to keep like to have objectives and not just, you know, hours you put in at, in the office. And you say, okay, you OKRs, your objectives for this quarter, this is this. We have check-ins regularly. And then I trust you to do your best and to choose whether it is better for you to go to the office, 
to see other of your um, uh, um, other employees, other uh, people in your department, because you also need collaboration and, mm-hmm. and the time also you need to have like um, to work for deep work at home and and to focus on it to deliver on time. So um, to me, it's a combination of trust and also control. You know, you, you check, but uh, you also need to trust. And I think this is um, moving in, into the right direction. And, um, and, and, and on also the managers need to also shift. It's not just the HR. It's also the managers. Yeah. So how are you helping organizations get value from the insights that, that WIPCO can bring by having sort of like this seamless integration rather than having like, you know, 15 different ways to book a meeting room, communicate with somebody, know if somebody's in town or not? whether you're yeah. working from home or not. I mean, how are you providing insights that are helping them to make good decisions, not just about the workplace, but obviously about the work experience as well? We we know that, you know, right now that's really important. How, how is yeah. your product helping to do that? Yeah. So the idea is to be uh, to have this single app where it's become like the companion um, of the employees. So through this app, they should be able to um, have all the services available to them and very easy to use. So it could be a mapping where I could see, okay, where should I sit today? And then I click on it and I book the desk for the week, For the depending on the limitations and also the, the, the settings of our clients. They can also see, oh, okay, um, I'm coming to the office tomorrow. Who, who will be attending to? So that's interesting. So I, I know that for lunch, I won't be alone. Uh, because what we are seeing today is people coming to the office, but the floor is empty. So why yeah. am I coming? Why am I commuting for an hour if at the end of the day, it's the same as working from home? So what we're trying to say is, okay, you're, you're coming to, tomorrow. Um, let's book meetings because you need to work with other people. And also, see if you don't have anyone like physically near you, at least you know who is attending today. And you can also uh, break the ice and say, oh, hi, uh, we don't know each other specifically, specifically, but maybe we can have lunch together. And also, again, it uh, brings humanity on top of what is happening as well. So just taking maybe this COVID situation as an opportunity also to do things differently and also to meet new people yeah. and to broaden the, the, your network also. So people you would not maybe meet in real life or maybe not, you know, come across. So this is what we are trying to do for employees, but also for HR managers where they can see the occupancy rate of the buildings and, for instance, um, uh, organize better, for instance, the shifts uh, of the teams and also, for instance, what we do for us is we make sure that at the same the same day we need to have a sales team present the same day as the developers. So they interact with each other and it's like one team and we uh, every time we make sure um, uh, it's not just every day the same people, the same time at the office, but uh, for instance, it's product one day with CSM and et cetera, et cetera. So it also we with this app, they manage to see, okay, who is coming, who is not coming in, t- in terms of teams and uh, foster the collaboration. And when, for instance, you see someone like or a team never coming to the office, it's also a way of saying, oh, what is going on? So you have like a dashboard to see what is going on and not just rely on managers telling you, yes, it's, it's perfect. Everything is going great. So with so that, I guess it's assuming yeah, it's providing you with some insights really on employee behavior and, and sort of like, experience and engagement as well yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit about this you know do you think the hybrid environment is here to stay i mean there's been a lot of you know we can read all the stats you know we we can we see that a lot of people are um, particularly among young people um the stats are saying like mental health of being isolated of not being with other people is a massive has had a massive effect 
There are others that are saying, forget the workplace. Everybody likes working at home. We're going to work from home. Offices <laughs> go away. What's your view? I mean, it's a big challenge right now. How, how do you bridge that gap um, yeah. with what you're trying to do? Uh, I do believe hybrid work is here to stay, definitely. Uh, for how long, I will not comment on that, but for sure, it's, it's will not going to, it will not going to disappear like um, uh, after after the COVID period, and especially because I think people are eager uh, for flexibility, and you know some people can uh, be willing to come every day in the office because they feel better, you know, being surrounded by people, the energy that comes with it, and also because this is the way they like um, to work, and that's definitely fine. And flexibility needs to also say, okay, you want to come every to come in every day. This is possible. We're not just, you know, asking you to uh, leave the office two or three days a week because we have like budget constraints. No, I, I don't think this is a signal we need to send. And at the same time, um, I think there should be a limit where like uh, you need to see employees once in a while. And if, for instance, someone never wants to come, it's an issue, in my opinion, because otherwise, you know, you don't create a culture with committed people attached to the company. And at some point, you need to see them. So I don't believe in um, a fully remote team. teams. Um, I, I don't believe at some point you are as efficient because collaboration is key. And to be efficient in collaboration, you need to see people. And, you know, you, there is like so many, so much communication that is not, that is not verbal. That's, that is like, so it is necessary to have uh, uh, like uh, physical uh, meetings. And especially, I believe, for junior people and for women, we saw that it was not the best way to operate. Um, like, especially like for younger people, you need to, you know, you have a way of replicating what you saw mm-hmm. that you can't do when it's just through Zooms. So you, you, your learning curve is not the same. So again, uh, I think a mix of on-site and working from home is best. Uh, and everyone needs to also uh, think, uh, how do I organize myself tomorrow? If it, and if, for instance, this hybridation is not perfect, they need to know themselves and maybe ask for more flexibility. Can I come in every day? Or can I come a, a little bit less for this period of time because I have this and this, but don't worry, in terms of objectives, I will be there. So it sounds like, you know, you're trying to address a couple of things there. I mean, and you also talked about like the women piece. There's been a lot of discussion about proximity bias and by not being in the, the office, women are, you know, are un- unfortunately and working from home, like traditional stereotypes are coming back because women are at home now and they are being like kind of pushed back into that that traditional role of juggler of all um, and, and therefore not necessarily viewed from a company perspective as in the same way they they are not seen not heard kind of thing and it's like oh yeah, that's will you be able to cope with all of this um yeah. so that's something i guess that we we need to address and that that hopefully is sort of captured in some of the technology and data that you'll be able to provide um with your product yeah sorry no go on carry on yeah, we, we try to help. We try to, to help with this product for sure. But at some point, it's also how you use it. And especially, for instance, for women, that's why I thought for me, they, 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 we need to have like a minimum where someone can't say, I ne- I'm never coming back. Or, you know, I, I, I'm not coming because we need to see also people. And if, for instance, women are told, you guys, we, we expect you to come in in the office, then, you know, you, you mitigate this risk of, 
for instance, women just saying, oh, yes, but I have other things. I prefer to stay home. No, we force you to come because we want you to uh, feel part of the company and we need to see your first as well. So that um, you are not like disadvantaged because you, yeah. are, you are not seen by the top management. So at some yeah. point, that's why also like limitations, like limits to a, to, to a principle needs to be uh, to be also um, set. So let's talk a bit. I mean, a lot of this is also about how you lead, right? It's about the leadership sort of commitment to understanding the importance of this and then actually applying that, using the technology and applying that in ways that that demonstrates good leadership. Let's talk about a little bit. Let's kind of like switch gears a little bit and like talk about you as a leader. I mean, you know, woman entrepreneur in the tech industry, our leaders don't know yet, but you, you know, you raised $14 million of funding I mean, that's pretty hard to do for anybody. Is it more difficult as a woman to go and try and raise that money? Or do you think that the issues and the challenges are the same? Um, I would go against figures if I were to tell you that this is the same for women and men. Um, I would say it can be harder, but I would not pretend it was that hard for me, at least now, because when we raised like a few months ago, um, we had product market, market fit and we had good figures. And then for sure, um, I, I think for my investment banking part, I know how to talk to men. You know, it's like you need to learn how the system works and then um, you fit right into it. So you need to show confidence. And I think where we are lacking as women is, you know, we, we, we try to under promise and over deliver. But mm-hmm. when you under promise, like and you are against other men saying yes, I can just go to the to the moon and uh, I will uh, make a uh, billion dollar company in five years. And when you have like a woman next door and saying yes, I will try to do my best, uh, etc. You are not selling your stuff as well as, as as men. And I think that's where we are lacking as women. Um, it's 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 confidence. So um, I would urge them if I were to give some advice, is just to uh, feel confident and a bit more than what we used to do. I love the phrase, like, you know, under-promote and over-deliver. I think, you know, if there's a if, if there's a phrase of the women listeners and men listeners on the podcast this week, um, for them just to go back and, like, just keep that in their mind. You know, am I under-promoting and over-delivering? And perhaps, you know, I need to start over-promoting. Um, That's and- correct. And I think that's a that's a great sort of nugget of insight. But tell me, you know, you started with a team of five. It's quite good when it's just a really small team. It's something that a lot of companies, when they first start, and it's a small team, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's like, geared up. You've all got the same passions. But you know, success comes with growth, and with growth comes challenges of more people. And suddenly, there isn't just five people that know everything. You're now a team of fifty. Tell me about some of the challenges of that, about finding the right people, the finding the right talent, building that team. What have been some of the highlights and sort of lessons learned from that for you? Yeah, building a team and finding the right talents to me are the hardest parts. And especially because uh, for tech companies, talents are key. You can't do anything without the right talents. So they are the core of what we are trying to build. We don't, we are, you know, we don't have any machines, etc. So yes, that's key. Um, I would say values are also uh, so important to make sure you hire 
even if you hire more and more people, then we are all sticking to the right values because we believe in them and um, we understand each other. So first, I would say values. And the second aspect, I would say uh, over-communicate to to the team um, and not just the CEO, but also the managers to to the team to uh, convey um, the mission. What are we doing? And I think this is the purpose of what we are doing, the mission um, that is um, you know, driving us that make people motivated to come, engage, and willing to do their best. And um, I think, you know, I'm I'm willing really bad blood at the moment. And what I feel that what struck me is that um, even if you know the machines were not working, people were so into it because they were thinking, okay, we are changing the health industry. We we will not have loose ones uh, like. Um, um, leaving us too soon because uh, we, we didn't um, have the means of detecting if they had any uh, health issues, etc. So that, that's why so many people just kept going, even if um, there were like so many struggles inside the company. Yeah. And I, I feel like this is so right because um, starting like from scratch is hard and we will have obstacles all the time. But if we continue to see the bigger picture, okay, why am I doing this? What is the end game to this? And uh, and you have like a healthy corporate culture, then um, I feel people can do their best and um, and you can also thrive. So uh, I would say communicate the culture and make sure you um, and hire people with the same values as you. Why do you think so many organizations struggle with that? I mean, like it's something that, you know. Because it's so um, hard. <laughs> why is yeah. it so hard? Like, you know, why is it you think so hard? What is it that, that makes it so hard? I mean, it is, right? We know it is. CEOs around the world say one of their biggest always one of their top three concerns is like finding the right talent for their growth plans, making sure they've got the right culture. And and why is it so difficult? Um, I think because um, the culture is something is evolving and that also you need to materialize. It's not just, yes, we want to work hard and we want to uh, have, I don't know, uh, honest people, et cetera, et cetera. You need to materialize it on a day-to-day basis. Otherwise, it, you know, it's just values, but they are like, um, not concrete and um and that's the most um difficult part is on a day-to-day to repeat and also to feel okay are, am i incarnating those values and um am i part of like something bigger and uh, am i on this right track so i would say once uh values are just that um for for one values are great but then we need to um uh, incarnate them incarnate them and uh, the second part especially today is um like <laughs> There are more money than talents, to be honest. <laughs> like it's hard. Like we are fighting for the right people to join our teams. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think our only CEO saying saying this is uh, a lot of money is out there, and uh, you're struggling because you're not like a, a company of five where you can promise like uh, more shares and more proximity with the founders, etc. But we are not like a unicorn yet, <laughs> soon to be. Um, so we can't sell. Oh yes, we'll be part of like uh, the hardest companies uh, in in the world because we're not there yet. We are in the middle. So how do I how do I engage them? Why yeah. I and I am in the middle. So I guess a lot of that must, you know, I mean, money is a factor. We know that. But often the research says it's more than that. It's about the experience that they get or the manager that they work for. I mean, is there 
you know, there's a lot going on right now with the four-day working week. We're seeing loads of people also talking about the great resignation. People are leaving in droves, the companies that they work for. People are making different decisions. But let's start on the four-day working week because I think you and I might have a different view on this. So, you know, we've just piloted in the UK here. They have just piloted um, a certain number of companies have gone to a four-day week, four-day working week. There's been lots of discussion. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You know, obviously, an app like Wipco could help from that perspective. But fundamentally, it comes back to some of the things that, you know, your product was based on. Is it a good thing or not? Um, I don't know what your stance is, but I would say, in my opinion, it's not. Um, I don't don't think that um, people I work, I, I intend to work less. But again, they intend to work on something that matters. And if you tell them, um, you, if you if you work five days a week, but this is for something bigger than uh, you, they will might they might do it more easily. For sure, it's if it's um, something that you're doing, you know, uh, automatically, and you don't exactly know why you are doing it. It's boring, and you just want to leave work. What I'm saying don't apply. But this is doesn't apply. But th- this is what managers are for. They need to mm-hmm. inspire the workforce not to work less, but to work better and to understand why they work. So that's why I think, like, maybe also because I'm a heavy worker, I like to work a lot, but, but also because I enjoy it. So that's why I think th- the issue is not if we work too much, is are we enjoying what, what we do? And when you enjoy what you do, it's like it's become a passion. You don't see the line between leisure and work. But that's the point. If you don't really feel, okay, I'm doing something that I enjoy, for sure, you will want to, to work less. So, my so maybe point they're is- missing the point. Maybe we're missing the point. It isn't about a four-day working week. It isn't about a five-day working week. It isn't about a seven-day working week. Maybe it's back to what you said at the beginning. It's about trust, like giving people, like, you know, there's a certain amount of work to be done. Trust the people that they're going to get the work done in the hours that are allocated and let, worry less about is it a four-day working week or a five-day working week and are people being productive and being as efficient and as effective um, and giving their best at work? I don't know, but you've actually prompted me to think, like, actually, is the problem really not about the hours but about, like, how you create the work environment um, that is engaging enough that people want to deliver and want to feel yeah. part of something and brilliant? I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, but- like maybe we've been addressing the wrong problem. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, again, I, I do believe, um, especially for startups, that uh, we are judged and uh, the, the whole system is based on pace, on rapidity. And at some point, like, even if you are a killer, at some point you need to put in the hours. And I would, the, the metaphor I would use is you, you don't become a champion by going less to the, to, to the courts. You go more and more than uh, everybody else. And this is how you stand up. And at some point, depending on the kind of companies you are in, uh, I didn't pick Rothschild um, because I wanted to work less. I wanted mm-hmm. to be so much challenged. So, so, like it was something I was looking for. And if at some point you need, or you want to attract the best ones, maybe you will want. You would say, okay, I would not go to this company because, okay, the company culture is different than mine. And uh, mm-hmm. if I want to, to learn a lot, and um, and yes, maybe it was very challenging, as I said, but at, at the, on the other side, I learned so much so quickly. So again, to me, it depends on also the, the company size and, and, and stability. I don't know, but for, for especially for tech companies, you need to go so fast to take the market that if you just, even if in four, like in four days, 
to me, I can't do anything. And, and I work so like long hours. So I'm not saying like everyone should be like me, especially like CEOs, it's particular. But, um, but at some point, um, uh, if you want to overachieve, y- you need to do more than uh, average people. Or mm. average I guess that's how entrepreneurs have, have shown um, their difference. The ones that have the staying power to understand, you know, probably get the right talent, make sure you've got the right people on board to help you get there. Um, and we be really passionate about what you do. I mean, you're clearly like very passionate about um, what you do. I have one last question. Well, two, actually. Um, there's something else that you said that really resonated and I think will resonate with our listeners, which is um, you've said the challenge of a workplace is that we need a society where you can progress by your own merit. It saddens me when the system seems broken due to gender or social discrimination you talk a lot about meritocracy so tell me like what does that mean to you I mean it's obviously that statement that sentence like clearly is something that comes like from a deep felt belief and it, and it's very powerful and I think it hits at the heart of like what a lot of people individuals experience today and and the need for inclusive cultures has never been more so and I mean inclusivity in like its broadest sense Tell me a little bit about meritocracy and what that means for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To me, it's uh, something very um, that I strongly believe in, um, especially because, because uh, I, I think I'm an illustration of it. Uh, I think if you, again, work hard, you can achieve it, but by your own merits. So I tend to say the same to my team. Um, so you will have the place that you will take and that you will deserve and not because um for some like network or some connection that you've made, that's not how we operate. So um, for sure, um, you can't treat people exactly the same way depending on the background, but as much as possible, I expect uh, people to um, uh, to be treated fairly and you know objectively. And when you you know when we we talked about OKRs, this is what they mm-hmm. are for. It is not like a subjective review; it's objective. Okay, what did you do? What did you bring to the table so I can promote or not promote? So, yes, this to me, this is the core of every organization. And once, once, uh, and when meritocracy is broken, this is very hard to keep people motivated because you know what's the point? <laughs> I didn't get promoted, but it is not based on my merits or my dismerits. It's because mm-hmm. I was I was not like friend with the with the, my manager. Mm-hmm. So that's that's not fair. So some really powerful insights. So I asked every um, individual who comes on the podcast to share one daring team moment. So what's your daring team moment? It could be something you're daring to do going in the future, something that you've done. But what one daring team moment would you share with our listeners about you? I, could you please rephrase the phrase? Yeah, so daring to, what are you daring to try and do? Pushing the boundaries of something. And it could be yeah. something that you've done, something that you have an ambition to do. Um, that, that you could share with the le- the listeners today. Um, is it daring to like something I avoid or something that is very challenging for me? Very challenging, like that okay. you want to do, that you want to change. I'm daring to change this, okay. or I'm daring to challenge something, or I'm daring to push the boundaries in some way. I would say um, keep growing, and again, have my team um, as motivated as they want. Again, this is so hard, and the value of this company is talents. So, you know, the, the, the bigger we are, the harder it is 
to, to stay close to them. And also with this um, COVID situation where we are like all in the office and suddenly not in the office and then like everything is changing all the time uh, to me. Um, yeah, the most challenging part is to uh, keep them motivated and so they know what, what they are doing and why they are doing it, uh, especially for like so ambitious people, you need to feed them all the time. Otherwise mm-hmm. they get bored and you like suddenly they are not here anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I would say that I, does it answer the question? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's great. And I guess, you know, I think, you know, what I would end on with the with the listeners is, um, you know, Wicco, I mean, you've shown how valuable it is in the countries that you've served, but the funding that you, the Series A funding that you've raised has really highlighted that this is a global issue, that there is a, you know, there's a demand for it globally. So you're already expanding um, in the UK. This is not, a, you know, a geographical specific issue around the workplace of the future. So it sounds like this is something that could be really helpful to, you know, organisations. And we do have a global listening um listener base so it'd be great for them to listen into this so if they want to find out more about what you're doing like about you the company how do they do that website linkedin twitter yeah. what are what's the best way for them to, to know um, more yeah yeah uh, they can ask for a demo on our website or just information or it can also contact me uh, uh through linkedin i'm very responsive so we'd be happy okay. also. and your website address what's that if they if they what's the website address yeah witcode.io so www okay. and uh, yeah with Great. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to listen to you. You are very passionate about what you what you do. You can hear it as you speak. I think some of, you know, ahead of your time in coming up with a with a, you know, an app that is sorely needed that goes beyond just sort of like, you know, how you manage, but really gets to the heart of in, in, employee experience. So it's been great having you as a guest. Um, Thank you if you want to know more about um Dare Worldwide, then you can get you can find out more on our website, www.dareworldwide.com. Um, also check out our latest inclusivity index. It's a diagnostic that has been endorsed by MIT um, and how you can take your organization from being purpose-driven to inclusivity driven. It's the future of where organizations go. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave a comment and look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks for listening. Enjoyed the conversation? Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes of Daring 2. Also, check out our website, dareworldwide.com, for some great resources around business in general, leadership, and how to bring about change. See you next time.